0: What the heck's your swords for Warhammer Underworlds in under thirty kniggets or shrubberies, as you choose? I'm your host, Davey. With me, I have Skyler. How are you doing, Skyler? Doing pretty great. And Brian, what's going on? What's up, sup? We are coming to you for some context. We're recording on the 19th of December. You will be hearing this if you listen on the day release on the 24th of December. So we're getting right towards the end of the year. This will actually be our last episode of 2022. Uh, We're going to come at you. We've, as promised, have a battle report. uh, And we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, We're going to have Velmoren versus the Loon Court uh, with our our patented TMTMTM audio bat rep style. Uh, Before we do that, we're going to do our usual segments. we got some community shout-outs. Gentlemen, who's got something they want to shout-out?
1: Well, I'll just put out a reminder for our tournament on January 21st here in Madison, Wisconsin. If you're in the area or within driving distance, please consider coming out. Uh, It's going to be a championship format, uh, best of three rounds.
0: Yep, we'd love to have you. Noble Knight Games, Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes uh, or on the website um, where you can check that out and uh, see the event itself. Uh, Skyler, you got anything?
2: Yeah, I have an article here by R77 or Ramseet77 on Discord. I'm sure I butchered that. Um, it is his second article for the game, and he is tackling Sons of Elmorn as well. So I figured since we were playing Sons of and, uh for the Bat Rep today, that it would be nice topically if you want to see another viewpoint on the Sons of Elmore. And I definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, and Brian, I seem to remember you talking about LVO at all. Did you have those details to shout out LVO uh, yeah. coming up here? Yeah, another
1: shout out for LVO, uh, one of the big conventions here in the States. Uh, they do have an Underworlds event. They have two, actually. So they have a Rivals format. On Friday, January 27th, uh, our best of one matches on that Friday. And then they have a championship event on the Saturday, January 28th, uh, and a cutoff for the second day on January 29th for the championship of that championship format Grand Clash uh, LVO Las Vegas Open here in the States at the end of January. Checked out. Yeah. Uh,
0: for me, I had a little bit of an off-the-wall article I wanted to highlight. It's from uh, Mandarga's Underdog Certainty of Death blog. Uh, it's not his most recent post, but he had a teaser thing about uh, the haunted city. I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if it's like a, a custom season, uh, but it's set in uh, the city of Musalon, which is a uh, cursed city in Bretonia in the old world of, uh, of Warhammer. Uh, warhammer fantasy battle so i don't know what he's up to but uh, he put some really cool flavor text in there uh and it seems like maybe it would be like an underworld's season but set in uh the fantasy battle universe um back in the, the world that was so to speak anyway uh not sure what he's got going on but i got my eye on you mandarga that wraps it for community shout outs. I actually, I do have a personal community shout out. That is an apology for the jarring, uh, audio clip I put in, uh, for an editor's note. Apparently, uh, I about shocked a couple people right off the road. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll take a little more care with my, uh, schmancy editing, uh, such as it is, um, the last one. So, uh, if you are one of those that, uh, uh were woken from a, a near slumber from our soothing voices by the, uh, the jump of, uh, music, then, uh, I apologize. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, what the heck has been going on with you? I- I'll kick it off. I have been, uh, doing a little prep for this podcast, put together something, uh, went, went looking for Velmorn tips, um, and, uh, put that together and, uh, play this, uh, got out for some league, uh, got to uh, try out. I, I usually gravitate towards the the um, warbands that are a little um, I don't know, like not not prime in the meta. But uh, I decided to to go all in and try some Hexbane, and uh, I've been really kind of uh, throwing some haymakers with them. They, they've been they've been real good for me uh, so far. Uh, Brian, what have you been up to?
1: I was. I'm still kind of like warband homeless. I say. <laughs> Uh, still trying to figure out who I'm maining next. I was playing around with the assassin rats for a while and I think I can put them to rest. That's just not my style. I'm trying to find the kind of aggro I can be happy with in this aggro world. Um, so,
0: tell, moving tell on. What is it about the assassin rats that is not quite your style?
1: Uh, the objective hand just got really clunky. Hmm. Um, I often found success in killing the leader um, but it just was always clunky in terms of things it, it didn't feel good I, yeah. I want an objective deck to flow smoothly it's something that really kept me engaged with dread pageant is I could build a couple different ways and each one of those ways still felt smooth and I just had to iron out a few kinks hey okay um But the rats, (laughs) like, even when the objectives were arguably perfect for the faction, it didn't feel good. Like, I was having to hold punches to score objectives, and it was like, it it felt contradictory. I Mm -hmm. don't know. Maybe I uh, just needed to put more time into them, but uh, Loon Court's out now, so I'm going to be trying that. Not only that, but I've also been just working on this Loon Court here during our episode. I got into a conversation with the Alex G, famous man from Chicagoland. Uh, we've both been mulling over ideas, and it's been fun to. Uh, we both are in the same vein, but uh, doing similar but different ideas. Um, but I want to do Gettonian knights, so I've already mm. sent you both a image of kind of the inspiration, right? Uh, so here is what I've done to the king himself grin crack images coming up now okay so i have chopped off his esteemed hood and replaced it with a crown of mushrooms beautiful all right
0: all right i'll uh, I'll, I'll see if i include this in the uh, blog post for uh, the episode so if you're if you're wanting to see what we're seeing uh, go to
1: themortalrealms.com and find this episode and it will be in there yes and for those curious all of the bits used in the mushroom crown are available within the set so no external bits needed i did have to replace the biggest mushroom off the halberd with a spikes from somewhere Um, but then i also have done the helmets on the four knights
2: <laughs> so we have
1: I have added helmet adornments or hood ornaments uh, to several of the knights and yeah. the Bretonian knights, if you look, have a braided like circlet around their helmet that mm-hmm. goes at the base of these adornments. And I'm going to make them spiraled color. I'm going to do like a bifurcated color scheme on each one of them, each one a different color and go nuts with the painting. Um and i've also raised the wonky lance to have a uh to be upright with a banner streaming from it majestically flowing like a oh
0: man resplendent knight cavalry these are great brian i i uh i'm excited for people to see these completed and uh i think they're good enough that you are locked into loon court you're not allowed to take something else
1: i just hope that i don't despise every moment playing as them <laughs> <laughs> far it's it's been wonky (laughs) but i do still have other plans i have uh there's two fighters missing from these photos so we'll see what i can come up with for those two all right i love it uh
0: we won't tell aaron that you've been converting on on company time but
1: uh Uh, but aside from that i did equip a ring i got married last week on friday so yeah (laughs) i am finally made the podcast complete all five of us are now married so i'm not the odd duckling out so it was a good time uh the event went well and happy wife happy happy life i guess
2: (laughs) (laughs) that leads uh right into to me on this end uh best manning for you alongside the other co-host josh that's right this man could not choose and decided on two best men wore it proudly called himself a diva that needed two best (laughs) men (laughs) I played we, Dread Padgett, we what it, did you I'm expect? You did. <laughs> yeah, it's center of attention. <laughs> and I uh, I can agree that it was an excellent time. Or, awesome. Uh, condone, contest. There's a, there's a word there. Hmm. Stamp, stamp of awesome. It, Corroborate. <laughs> it was an, there it is. <laughs> it was an excellent time. Uh, cool. So on the underworld side of things for me i am still enjoying uh, miari's purifiers uh mm-hmm. current iteration miari's pingifiers mm-hmm. uh i started picking them up before uh putting nether maze down and uh haven't haven't let go uh i it's I'm very a, rude people <laughs> <laughs> i'm a sucker for elvish war bands uh so i was bound to give them some time uh, at some point,
1: the mm-hmm. Loon Court do
2: have pointy ears, Skylar. <laughs> it's not just pointy ears, but it definitely, you know, it is a modifier, in their, yeah. Yeah, modifier yeah. in their favor. Yeah. Um, but with the Miari's uh, Pinkifiers build I've been running, um, I think it's time to finally put paint down on these models. And I'm going to say it here so that the podcast can hold me to it. Uh, it's <clears> my <throat> next it's my next paint job. And okay. I am excited to uh, approach, like I have a scheme all calculated it out. Uh, mm-hmm. It's gonna be based on Avatar, The Last Airbender. Ooh! And uh, each of the four are gonna be assigned a tribe from Avatar, that, uh, so for example, we've got Bahanar, he's gonna be Earth tribe. We've got Sanela, who's gonna be my fire tribe uh miari himself air tribe uh i'm actually going to try shaving off his tail and putting a uh, an actual airbender arrow on his head filing that down or doing a head swap one of the two i think i'll start by trying to file it and see how terribly wrong that goes <laughs> uh and then last but not least Ailing is going to be my uh water tribe fighter so um it took me a year to paint Skace Wild Hunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see how long it takes me here. Yeah, it's uh,
0: fine. They do look great. So I look forward to another warband done. Uh, probably have them ready by uh, our tournament in January, yeah?
2: Uh, Adepticon 2024. <laughs> Was that a four or five? <laughs> hey, hey, there's, there's one less fighter. <laughs> it should take me one less fighter than a year. One less um, cat. Exactly. Half a fighter. I love you, Leehan. Uh, all <laughs> right. <laughs> Moving on.
0: Yeah, that'll bring us on to the main topic, which is our battle report. Uh, Brian and I uh, lined up Velmorn versus Loon Court and that's by special request of console. Uh, one, of our, one of our listeners wanted to see that particular matchup and your wish is our command, uh, provided it uh, meets our uh, whims and requirements uh, so uh, we set to work uh, Brian was already wanting to try out Loon Court and uh, that pretty much left me with Velmoren. so cool uh, I tried a few things and then if I'm being honest I jumped on the Vassal Discord and uh, hopped in there's a thread for every warband on there so it's a good way to get a deep dive And uh, I went there, there wasn't a lot of recent builds in there, but I, (laughs) uh, I did find something that Chad had put together Uh, quite liked that. So use that as a basis uh, for mine, but uh, Skylar, I think we're going to have you uh, run things from here and we'll, uh, we'll uh, answer to your, to your commands from here on out.
2: All right, here we go. Grabbing the wheel. Get ready for a bumpy ride, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So. Uh, First thing I want to talk about is I want to uh, go into your builds with you. So I'm going to kick off with Brian. Tell me a little bit about choices you made towards Loon Court. What's the goals of the deck? Um, What cards stand out to you as as key to those goals? Um, And anything else you want to tell me about kind of your decision-making process in um, your initial build here? So these are the decisions I
1: made. I'm not saying they're good decisions, (laughs) Uh, but... What stood out to me was the like hold objective 1, 2, and 3. Uh, they have a couple cards in faction that do that. And I was like, hey, let's just go all in. I come from Zarbag, so let's uh, try and see what the new goblins can do. So I went with the um, hold 1, 2, and 3 in faction cards as well as um, tactical supremacy 1, 2. Um, I was half tempted to play hold objective 1 and 2 uh, also, whoa, whoa. (laughs) I was like, ah, pull back from that. Um, but then, so that kind of informed a lot of the decisions going forward. Um, I also had supremacy and path to victory in there. Um, but that meant if I really want to hold one and two, then I was also taking dark inversion, uh, drifting tides, confusion, uh, the usual hold objective tech. Um, couple other things i did try to explore the quest cards a lot i wound up taking like five quest cards in my surges they're mm. like i think there was five quest cards but five of the loon court surges were in my search pool um that comes up later um and <laughs> the what was the other tech I went into? I wanted to do hold objective and counter punch, uh, so I brought blind gamble, opportunistic reprisal, and stab 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 again. So I was trying to make sure that uh, once he invaded, I was going to get effective hits.
0: Yeah, opportunistic reprisal being that one that if uh, if I have a staggered fighter, that
1: do I have to miss or just make an attack? So. It's a reaction after you make an attack action on one of my fighters and your fighter is already staggered. Okay. But what's neat about that one is I choose any one of my friendly fighters that has range to them and they make an attack against your fighter that just made the attack action who's Mm. also staggered.
2: Very nice. Yeah. So uh, when you were building what uh, plot deck did you go with? Uh, I went with
1: Fearsome Fortress, wanted to test that out because that's where Opportunistic Reprisal was. Um, there was honestly a few cards in there. Um, I don't have the deck in front of me because I did make changes. <laughs> so, uh, But Fearsome Fortress looked fun. I think it um, has more potential for certain warbands, and I wanted to see what I could do with it. Just play with the new content, new toys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll ask you more about those swaps a little later. Mm-hmm. All right, Davey, you're on the spot. Uh, we kind of heard how you arrived at your basis for your Velmoren deck, um, but what did you keep? What what did you like about it? And um, you know what, what kind of key cards go towards your goals here? So what I latched on to with Chad's build was that he elected
0: to pair them with Tooth and Claw, uh tooth and claw is a great deck for these guys if you are really trying to uh chase the lots of dice to get the crits to inspire to trigger those grievances and that sort of thing um if and uh on top of that some of it's occurring at gambit speed um with uh internal surrender and such uh so those those really kind of open up uh the early early round options um uh, add to that a couple of illusions, which help your round one. There's uh, False Vigor, a real nice one for the Death Warbands, uh, an extra move and an extra dice. And then uh, Phantom Darts comes in nice for this Warband too um, because it uh, it gives you the chance to get a supported attack with positioning or if Velmore's already gone, then any of his Graveguard can then be making a, a fairly accurate ranged attack Um, and kind of fish for crits to get uh, both Velmorn and the uh, attacker inspired. Um, uh, Those paired with uh, the Warband has a couple of uh, pretty decent in-house end phases. Um, Here I'm thinking of Protected Inheritance, which is uh, two enemy fighters are out of action, and you have one objective in your territory, and uh, Hereditary Claims, which is you have two objectives, and one of them is not in your territory uh or one or more is not in your territory. So that those are those are relatively uh modest hold uh hold objective style ones and uh so they pair nicely with path to victory as well. Um it gives you it gives you a little extra purpose with Velmorn uh lets you activate Velmorne initially to uh, move Velmorne onto an objective early uh which lets him trigger his uh deathly command ability and get his command counter on which then supports everybody else and uh, hopefully cascades and helps your accuracy Um, but it it makes that less of a wasted activation so those are kind of the things uh, i liked about that lean into extra dice and kind of get them get them some help early on when they need it and then once they're inspired they don't need it as much do you lean into any amount of surgendron tech in there uh, well, there's there's a real uh, crazy one. I had to talk to Chad about this. Uh, it actually includes, uh, it does include Praetorian, which uh, is the one that lets him uh, rush up to, if somebody's attacking um, uh, his, his dad and attacking Velmourne, uh, he can come and be the target of that instead, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, and it can trigger multiple times. And then uh, there's a weird one in there, Horrifying Armor. And this is uh, minus one wounds to a minimum of one, and then minus one dice from adjacent enemy fighters' attack actions. So that kind of pairs pretty nicely with Praetor- Praetorian, where you can run in make somebody less accurate. Uh, it also has the weird corner case thing of making Jedrin not a large fighter, and so if you do end up giving him giving him up, then uh, you uh, don't lose two glory for the um, for the bounty, just the one. And then uh, if you happen to have it. On Jedrin for the purposes of partial resurrection or a different fighter uh for the purposes of oh actually check that it uh rise again does not have to be used on a grave guard. So uh Jedrin can get brought back by partial resurrection. Um and uh and then when he comes back, he's already got to be vulnerable anyway. So it doesn't really matter what his max health is. So that lets Jedrin come back with partial resurrection or rise again. Uh, with that defensive buff on and it's a kind of irrelevant um wound penalty
2: fascinating i like that tech yep nice (laughs) Rude. rude indeed (laughs) um especially when those two uh upgrades get a chance to combo together like they're they're strong enough to stand on their own and and be justifiable in the deck on their own Mm. uh but when they end up in that pairing um that combo is probably quite rude yeah uh well, uh, that, thanks for thanks for going over to the decks guys. Let's jump into your first game here. So, or at least a conversation regarding your first game. So, you ended up playing two. Yep. And the first one was rather brief. Um uh so it's going to be the second game that we largely cover today. Um but there were some lessons learned from the first game. So, um when uh you guys started that game, uh who got the opportunity to place boards or Uh, situate boards.
0: Yeah. I I won the roll off. Uh, I knew he was fearsome fortress, but I didn't at this point know exactly what way he was going. I thought there was a possibility that he was uh, leaning into the no one's territory and neutral territory. Um, So I thought I would maybe try to reduce how much no man's land there was. And so I gave him boards in order to, uh longboard it basically um really limit what was available there and then as the added bonus of uh loon court we know to be a a pretty slow warband that's going to fill all the hexes it's one thing if you're a slow warband but you only have three fighters because then you can be you can kind of load yourself towards one end but their combat strength is kind of spread all across uh a number of fighters And you can make some of those irrelevant by, by putting on the longboard. So that's, that's what I tried to do Uh, to my chagrin. I could tell by the way he was placing objectives. I'm like, "Ah, I don't think he actually cares about uh, neutral territory. Uh, Mm -hmm. And ironically I do uh, because I, I have, uh, I don't specifically care about that, but I, I do have the hereditary claims, which is easiest to score if I'm holding one in no man's land. That's the nearest I can do. And spoiler alert, I'm not very fast either. <laughs> and so uh, I need a little bit of help um, to, to get. Uh, that's that's my best odds there. So uh, as I was watching, Brian uh, kind of set them in his territory. I was like, OK, I, I, I'm going to be the one to have to play something in no man's land, which I did. And then uh, uh, Brian was using the and fortress um plot card uh you got to place a feature token one of the availables right
1: yep yeah if i remember correctly the way the boards wound up and as i uh, the way the objectives wound up and as i said i was teching into hold objectives one two and three so heavy priority on those numbers coming up in my objectives or in my territory <clears throat> the because i was planning to sit back. I wasn't planning to invade much. The, I believe objective two wound up being the center of my triangle because uh, I was able to get a triangle off in my territory. Uh, so having three objectives securely back in my territory where Davy couldn't mess with my deploying the objectives. Yeah, And objective one wound up being in no man's land placed by Davy. Um, I think the other two were Four and five or three. So basically when I put the feature token down, I just put down the snare hex or the snare. Yeah, to maybe offer a dumb idea for him to go and stand on it. uh, Being the one feature token available in no man's land um, might help set up stuff like opportunistic reprisal.
0: Yeah, I mean, any time that we're in a longboard situation, there's less ability to kind of avoid something like that. You're going to have to be battling in and around it and may get forced to go through it or something like that or or get yep. driven back into it. So, so
2: All right, so now that we've covered kind of what the board situation looks like for game one and longboard going to be an uphill battle for for Davey for sure uh, and potentially exactly where Brian wants to be seated, uh, with the objectives on his side, um, what was kind of the overall arc of that game? Uh, I understand it actually ended pretty briefly.
0: Um, yeah, I uh, as the as the smaller warband, I won the roll off for first round, and then wasn't quite sure if I wanted first or second activation. Uh, I, I decided I went in doubt. I usually take second in that uh, in that first round, uh, and then Brian kind of wisely jumped on the objective that is in no man's land pretty quick. Uh, And what that meant was it put pressure on me because I I needed that for my hand. So I had to kill him and get back on it. Um, And so we both were in a weird spot of, I'm trying to kill him off of that so I can stand on it. As I kill or drive somebody back, he's got to decide, does he toss another person forward onto it or not? And uh, keep throwing somebody in the meat grinder. Uh, As it was, uh, Velmoren being the way a can be, uh, some early crits kind of got, inspirations going pretty well um i had some of those illusions in hand at the start uh which really gave me some flexibility Uh, i think i think uh a mulligan i mulliganed into like what looked like more uh upgrades to me i was like oh man i'm like oh actually there's two of these are illusions i'm doing just fine this is great um and uh managed to cause some casualties and and get uh, a good
1: end phase score as well to to get rolling so like your first activate your first attack was killing the guy I just put on objective one in no man's land, inspiring Velmoren and the fighter. Yeah, uh, and then you put I put another fighter on an objective. You put phantom darts on, pinged him or er, uh, darted him off of that objective. So it was like I just couldn't keep up with with no scurry mechanic. These guys struggled to hold objectives like that. I had uh, some push tech in hand that just wasn't. Re- triggering like the situation just wasn't calling for it or mm-hmm. fighters were too far back due to the longboard that they weren't able to scurry up uh even with the push tech to retake objectives so yeah uh it all kind of came to a crashing halt when at the end of round one his final was it end of round one or beginning round two but we, uh, we were in the thane. beginning of round two thane was inspired and got to do a big old siding. <laughs> Scything and killed Grib, Grin Crack, and another one of the uh, <laughs> yeah. goblins. So that was we're we're good, we're good. Yeah. It was <laughs> zero to ten at that point. Yeah. Uh, so oh boy, uh, some of the changes I made immediately were to um, get rid of some of the cards that were niche on wording. I did double down on uh, opportunistic reprisal, though. So I wanted to try and double down on the ability to um, get attack actions because I had to spend all my activations moving. Yeah. Yeah. Round game
2: two here. Yeah. All right. So after some changes with the decks, uh, no, no. Deck,
0: deck singular. I, I
2: kept yep, the same. Yep, yep. Everything, everything seemed a-okay from my perspective. All right. So after that first flight, we've made uh, some quick changes on Brian's side and we're into game two. So, this is the game that we're going to be highlighting, uh, in full. And how does this one kick off? I win the
0: roll off again. Uh, and then just for curiosity, I was like, well, you know, I've got a sense that he, if I give him three objectives, he, he's probably pretty happy with that. Uh, and, and also just kind of want to see what this looks like. If I, uh, set the boards wide, um, it will maybe put a little less pressure on me as far as that one in neutral. I want, uh, I think, I think it's probably stronger and maybe you agree, Brian, but I think it's probably stronger for me. If I longboard you again, I think that, uh, I think your back line just has a hard time getting involved or you just have to be real careful about how you, how you deploy your guys. Uh, I think it just makes it more complicated for you. If I, if
1: I do it that way. Um, yeah, it definitely complicates it for the three move war band that has to spawn on all the objectives. I learned from that last one and, positioned my fighters differently in this spawn, but now i only have two objective tokens so i'm much more concerned about where one and two are
0: right it's gonna at least uh you know yeah you you, you won't uh, less likely to have the, the ones that you particularly want so um so i think we we both have like things we like and don't like about this but uh i we oops actually look at this board uh so I end up placing some that are easy for me to sit on uh, and I'm, I'm trying to space them where they're not super easy for you to run onto in case it's one of the the numbers that you want. Uh, and then I also try to make a point of putting one in a uh, neutral territory that's uh, reachable by several of my starting hexes in, in case I draw that protected inheritance.
2: All right. Speaking of which, let's jump into opening hands now that we've set the field. Um, And actually, just to describe a little picture uh, for the listeners, Uh, so we do have uh, boards nice and squared up uh, going wide and then um, pretty centralized token placements. Uh, And by that, I mean that there's no tokens present in um, as far back as could be placed on either side. So, you know, there's the hex, that's your edge hex line, and then the next hex line um, wide, Uh, is empty on both sides. So we're really scrunching the objective tokens actually more towards the center here with one directly in the center of no man's land off to the left a little, Uh, and then the placement of that snare hex um, just above. Uh, So that is setting the stage here. And for card draws, are you two feeling uh particular good about the initial card draws? Um, do either of you go for a uh, mulligan right out of the gate?
0: Well, I can tell you, uh, looking at mine, I right away, I'm fairly confident that I am going to, uh, mulligan, I'm going to do over my, uh, objective hand. I've got house eternal, uh, which is a surge for bringing a fighter back, but I do not have a raise gambit in hand. Uh, so that one is kind of out of the question. Uh, I've got trace the ley lines, which is fine. Um, the way Vassal is set up, uh, there, there's, there's still some confusion about exactly how to, uh, place objectives. Uh, there's some readings that say you get to take a look at the numbers on the ones that you place. Uh, I think the strictest reading of the English ruling right now is that you don't look, uh, and so at this point, I don't know what objectives are, which, um, and yeah, so, our
1: objectives are still face down.
0: Yeah. Would much uh, rather they be up right now. <laughs> that's a That's a Trace the Ley Lines. Is, yeah. Pretty doable. And then Protected Inheritance is uh, the one that, uh, which I've been kind of saying this one wrong, um, but uh, this Protected Inheritance is the one that wants two enemy fighters out of action. And uh, against Green Crack, that's doable, but needing to kill two before I'm, my accuracy is up is, is not great. So I've got one objective, which is unscorable with my current power cards, one, which is very unlikely. So that's it. That's an easy decision for me. Um, a little harder is my power cards. I've got Darkwater anchor, which I like basically I've got three upgrades, uh, an illusion. So a fourth upgrade, but we won't really count it. Uh, and then, uh, there is unfair fight and this is, this is a pretty good one for them. Uh, you can react to, if you've got a supported attack, you can react to stagger the target and get grievous. So, um, activating early can really make this available for any of your attacks. Um, other than, other than poor Jedrin, uh, going to get that support the hard way. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I tossed the objectives, uh, drew into relentless unity. And this is, uh, I need a successful supported attack or, uh, unsuccessful supported defense, uh, as in, Uh, an attack has to go my way one way or the other uh, as long as there's support risky strategy uh, which is not going to be great for me on this uh, that's three upgrades on a vulnerable fighter for two glory and then path to victory which feels relatively doable so uh, definitely an improvement on the do-over but
1: mm, only barely all right and brian over to you So, my failsafe card in both decks is Pure Carnage, and I had the lucky fortune of drawing that here. Normally I would mulligan that immediately, but I also had my two easiest surges, Contest of Equals and Run Them Down. Run Them Down being the quest surge to uh, perform a successful charge action. So... That was a nail biter. I decided to keep my objectives there. Meanwhile, yeah, for my, that's,
0: uh, I'll jump in for a second there. I, mm-hmm. I know those are your easiest surges. The one thing I don't like about run them down is that you have one shot at that. Uh, and that feels like one that is more scorable. If you have accuracy to support, which you may or may not have in your, in your gambits. I'm not sure, but uh, I, I, it's tough to mulligan two scorable surges. Um, but I, I, I and I even remember at the time. You're like, I this might be a bad decision. Um, so it, it's tough to carry that third end phase the whole way. But I, oh I, yeah, I'm not saying it's a, I'm not saying it's the wrong decision, but I, I, I see
1: why it was such a hard decision. Yeah, well, given the last game, I was pretty confident bodies were going to drop. <laughs> um, so then I ended up keeping that objective deck besides my conscience, and. In my power hand, I had Great Strength, Guardian Glaive, Curse Boarding Pike, Blind Gamble, and Bolt Pylon. Um, I just didn't feel confident enough having three upgrades, so I cycled because I also was trying to fish for Dark Inversion in case uh, the cards did not come up my way. Hmm. So I mulliganed the power hand and got Duel of Wits, Opportunistic Mob, Stab, Stab, Stab again which is excellent for run them down because it allows me to step, step, step again.
0: And I don't, won't trigger with run them down because that next attack is not a charge attack, but, um, it is, is, uh,
1: yes, uh, it's a, always, it's a great card regardless. Always a Brian necessary yes. disclaimer, read the cards. Um, <laughs> and then I also had, uh, what is that? The, so gnarlwood Tusks and makeshift bombardment. That's right. So for those that don't know, out of the Destruction uh, Grand Alliance cards, Opportunistic Mob is a draw two power cards after a successful attack action that took out an f- enemy fighter and you had one or more
2: supporting fighters. One of the cards I'm going to ask you about is Blind Gamble. Um, how do you like that card in the narrowwood season? I don't like it because you used it <laughs> against me with the... An- Myari's Aries
1: fires Thank you for the inspiration is why it's here. And it is much easier to get off than opportunistic reprisal.
2: Copy. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, I think um, you pretty much disregard that it has the potential to deal one damage. Uh, I don't think that that should get factored into any decision to bring it. Um, what it brings with it is a pretty reliable out-of-sequence attack. Um, in this season because the numbers are um, very visible uh, and it also gives you the opportunity to reposition um, it still has the caveat of not needing a or sorry of the fighter not having a move or charge token mm. on them so a lot of the time that uh, that is either something that you're setting up for future rounds knowing that it's in your deck uh, getting your fighters positioned um, to uh, fuel it, uh, or you have push tech to to make it happen. Um, I don't think it belongs in every deck, um, but I am having a lot of fun with it and would be uh, remiss if I didn't say I was happy to see it here. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I kind of hope it comes up. Uh, all right. Well, now that we, we kind of have an overview on boards and hands, let's see how drops characters start hitting the board. Uh, so I've,
0: I've got to start, uh, and I've gone with the Hall of Sublimation, which, by the way, when this board rotates, I'm going to be a shattered man because I use this board all the time, like, offensively and defensively. Um, but uh, I, I'm i in the spot of uh, having a lot of spaces that are pretty far forwards, which which I want. I, I kind of want to tangle. I feel like uh, I've got the, the combat chops that I can do things um, I'm trying to position so I can get onto some of these feature range range where I want to get to um, and then figure out where to keep Velmorn so he's a little bit safer um, so in short I uh, my least important fighter in my opinion is uh, Marshall Falk um, Helmar is just slightly better because he gets cleave which actually against this warband is uh, kind of handy so I've got Falk further back uh and everyone else kind of pushes forward that the real the real tough decisions are mostly where does Thane go versus where does Jedrin go uh and I decided to put Jedrin up front uh I might reverse that in future you know Thane Thane is uh resurrectable too and uh Jedron Jedron uh, has some tech that I'd like to have him live long enough to be able to leverage but Yeah,
1: meanwhile, for the Goblin deployments, I put Skulko and Pronk in the back. That's the Squigapult. Um, I was using the Profane Larder. The Lethal Hex is towards the back, away from No Man's Land. Um, I put Grib, actually, pretty far back since he has range four. He is within range to pounce onto now that we can see. Objective one is in the No Man's Land. Objective 2 is in my backfield, and Objective 4 is also in my field. Uh, 3 and 5 are in Davies home turf. Um, so Skulko and Pronk and Snorbo, along with Grib, make up the, my back ranks. I have Grincrack in the center. Burke and Nags, the Dangle Bros, uh, front and center, along with Grincrack. I put Grincrack next to the Snare Hex because I thought just in case there was some weird chance that he might wind up going there and getting staggered again, trying to set up opportunistic reprisal.
2: Snark being way off on the flank. All right. And I notice, uh, Davey, your placement because so with the numbers of the warbands here, we have uh, Brian at seven number or seven fighters, and you at five, uh, meaning Brian's got to fill the board. So it's about revealing early, you know, what he's all right with you seeing and having to kind of actually plot out where his key fighters are going to land over the course of that puzzle. You know, what do I show? um, And, you know, where are the key fighters going to land? You have a little more flexibility. You're going to have two open um, drop zones uh, or uh, starting hexes. And you avoided... kind of the the back and the outer edge you are in a very forward position overall so very much so uh from a specter standpoint you've taken the position of being the aggressor Um, you've prepared yourself uh immediately to invade um and start trying to drop or or not orcs grats yeah um same fungus though right right yeah yeah probably (laughs) allegedly allegedly um Okay. So do you think that that is, um, a decision purely made here knowing that you're going to be the aggressor? Uh, or do you think, um, kind of with the deck that you've built most of the time, you're going to be positioning yourself, um, as forward as possible. Uh, no, there's
0: definitely times where I will be further back. If this was the Gnarl spirit pack, I'd be, uh, pushing towards the back expecting it to be more aggro objective style. Um, with these grats, uh, particularly this being effectively the second of three games, although there are some changes, I presume he's kept in supremacy. Uh, and I don't want to sit back and give him an easy supremacy or a hold one and two or, or whatever he may have. So, uh, I need to be able to, uh, brawl with him as he goes for those. Um, one thing that I like that Brian has done here is that he's got uh, Green Crack forward because Green Crack starts on two block, and that's a that's a pretty formidable stat line for me to have to try and grind through, especially early.
2: Agree. All right. Speaking of early, let's see who gets the first activation here. So it looks like the roll off is won by Davy here with the crit for simply having the um, fighters first on the board. So it looks like you make Brian go first. I do.
1: Yep. Yep. So I started off with Snorbo charging onto objective number four. Uh, Heavily supported, but trying to get one of my backfield guys up onto an objective, keep everybody forward. And he's trying to take a shot at Jedrin, his most forward fighter. Key here is that Snorbo could stagger him. All right. Let's see how that attack goes not great
0: bob wow. uh, yeah i do like this as a as an early thing he gets on an objective he has a chance to chip damage and stagger which just sets up uh, the later round but doesn't pay out yeah it's kind of a 50 50 so
2: at the very least uh on that objective placement so it's almost yep. as if that additional setup was bonus to just getting your positioning going yeah uh it's me next. I go
0: for a move with Vilmor and get onto an objective. Uh, I'm getting ready. If I can get a kill, then Path to Victory will be doable. Um, and that also gets my uh, command counter
2: out. All right. That makes sense. No power cards going down quite yet. Um, we do have a run them down uh, quest coming into play from Brian. Who's that going to land on? Right onto Grib Wonky Lance. <laughs> Yep.
1: Uh, You can't put quests on two fighters with mover charge tokens, so I figured just get it out early. Grib is safe way in the backfield, so it's also a threat to anybody who tries to charge up onto Objective 1. Grib is in range.
2: And for those uh, who don't know, run them down. I'm just going to read it real quick. Um, This is the quest surge that says, uh, if this fighter is taken out of action... Uh, add this card to... Oh, sorry. No, that is just part of the quest dialogue there. Um, uh, that's, you know, if, the, if any fighter that has ever given a quest is taken out of action, you're able to regain the quest card. Um, but this specific quest does score this immediately after this fighter's successful attack action made as part of a charge action. Run them down. All right. So that comes out, and it looks like we move straight on to second activation. No power cards on either side. So Brian bringing Grin Crack up with a move. What's your thought process there? Just moving him onto objective one. Grib
1: is still behind him, ready to pounce on somebody if they go and bully Grin Crack. Also, if they manage to get Grin Crack off of objective one, uh, then Grib can charge onto objective one so long as they don't push themselves onto
2: it. Oh, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Position four hexes away um so it definitely has that opening and you've got that awesome defense stat as your most forward presented fighter with green crack here
1: i do also have gnarlwood tusks in hand which is a trap basically if somebody were to charge one of my fighters who is on a feature token i can stagger them
0: all right yeah this uh this is a, a problem for me because uh, I know I eventually want that feature token. Um, and uh, I, I don't need it with my particular objectives in hand, but I, I don't like green crack there. And I, it's it's really nicely done with, uh, with the threat range for Grib. Um, so uh, I thought this was a great play. Uh, any, any spot I go to counterattack on green crack, he's going to be able to counterpunch with uh, Grib.
2: All right. And then going into power here, it looks like Davey, you select phantom darts. Mm. Oh nope! You just show it. Uh- <laughs> yeah, there, there's a little bit of back
0: and forth here. Uh, I, I'm I'm hemming and hawing, uh, and uh, I decide that I won't. I, I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to try and get some inspirations out. Um, and I don't make a great play here. I, I I charge forward with Helmar, which does put him right in that grip uh, threat range. Uh, I'm hoping to uh, chip something off of Green Crack and, and get inspired and. Uh, worst worst thing happens uh, i also get staggered by the gnarwood tusks so i'm really setting grip up for an for an easy score on that uh, run them down ah uh, yes the aforementioned trap
2: card. yeah has been triggered yeah i've activated it um <laughs> uh, all right so that attack is about to be bolstered it looks like uh you're reacting uh, to it with unfair fight
0: yeah so uh What's a what's good here is that uh, I'm already supported, so I'm two fury supported. This uh, unfair fight gets me a reroll because he's staggered. I will set him up for later, uh, and it also essentially makes me grievous too because I already have grievous. So I actually could could one shot grin crack here um, with uh, my two dice with a reroll.
2: Oh, um, you know what? I would have forgotten in the moment that grievous um, gets applied twice there, that it actually stacks there. Uh, yeah. I know it does. Um, yep. But it's only been a long uh, for for my time with the game just yep. just recently. Uh,
0: Unfortunately, I, I don't get to do one of my favorite things, which is to deny somebody duel of wits until the
1: very last of the round. Oh, uh, Brian do actually, I know actually it? Actually, gets to <laughs> trigger his pretty early. <laughs> yep. So we uh, had Narwood tusks into unfair fight, triggering duel of
2: wits. It was yeah. a little fun back and forth. All right. So grabbing your two cards, dice are coming down. The attack's going to go through. No more delay there. Yeah. Um, and we have two smash rolled. Yeah.
0: Ah, hate to see yeah. it. Yep. Uh, and then a re-roll into a single support, which is actually possible, but my odds are super low because uh, Green Cracks having none of it. Absolutely none of it with a crit no. shield defense. Yeah. All right. That that exchange went pretty poorly for me. The the only Bonus I get is that Green
2: Crack is still staggered. Yep. Indeed, uh, unfortunately, at the cost of Helmar being staggered. Yeah. yeah, slash at the cost of Helmar in short order. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, with that being said, it looks like we're on to Brian's third activation, and the Grib play is coming in. We're gonna yeah, see Grib hugging up against Helmar here with Green Crack supporting. I, I imagine. imagine this is indeed his demise. That's... Yeah,
0: he goes uh fury smash reroll into fury support for two successes, and I get none in return. Oh, uh, for those,
2: uh, yeah, for smash support there.
0: Yeah, with the uh, with the stagger, he gets me two against it, but I get zero anyway. So removed thanks to the squig horns, and uh, that's a that's a rough start for me.
2: Oh, and that scores him running him down too. Sure run does. him down and a glory for the bounty. When you. So I... Go ahead. When you stepped forward uh, initially there uh, with Helmar, did you notice the threat range of run him down? It was one of those things where I had seen
0: it early, uh, made a plan to not do that, and then got got myself considering too many options. Uh, and so I kind of forgot that that was a thing that I was considering. So I, I definitely consider this a misplay on my part. I could have played, uh, played this round a lot safer, uh, not given him the support, not gone in against the heaviest blocker uh it was it was just a just a bad move that where i i got myself considering too many possibilities and then uh pulled the trigger on something while having forgotten some of the
2: the things i was trying to keep in mind well you see danny forgot about the Greyjoy fleet (laughs) (laughs) but to be fair the other side of the board
1: other opposite green crack is four fighters in a chain so if he were to charge over there it's i mean there's there's places he can poke but um green crack and center objective on no man's land is uh something you can't abide
0: yeah it it led, it, I, it led me to think that like uh, maybe I maybe I do want to get in here but I, I definitely think it was uh I just got got a little greedy uh I saw the possibility I, I think it was a thing where like I'm, I'm thinking of options and all of a sudden I'm like oh well if I unfair fight if I can get a crit out I can just kill green crack uh And that's, that's not actually as important as I was uh, thinking in the moment, but I, it was one of those where you're, you have a plan, you're kind of sorting through what other options exist and you see one, you get really excited and pull the trigger on it before you uh, really uh, assess it. So I think if I would give myself another 20 or 30 seconds to think about it, um, then, uh, then I
2: might've backed off of that. Yeah. I
1: would never be so foolish.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh Um, one thing I want to point out about Grib here, and I can't recall if this was covered on um, the Introduction to the Loon Court uh, podcast episode. So uh, apologies if I'm treading repeated water here. Um, but the uh, presence of impact uh, really delights me. Uh, just that that has been keyworded uh, right. and that we're seeing it uh, in other locations. Tamil in um soul raid i believe was the only other f- fighter prior to um One hundred uh
0: 100 wrong
2: what oh uh, oh
1: no it's a freaking uh it's the barbarians yeah there's uh <laughs> jagathra
2: yeah hold on who is jagathra <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, how, how, exactly. dare, you? how dare, exactly. dare you? Godsworn hunt, sir. Oh, yeah.
2: I keep trying to forget them. Um, Actually
0: in, in your defense, uh, Jagathra has the impact rule, but not by that name,
2: but not by so, key, uh, the keyword. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause Sorry. then Tamail gets the keyword. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the first instance. And then we see it again on, um, spear boy or Borlad lad, <laughs> uh, in normal spirit. Yeah. Um, Lupin, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we see it here again. Um, yeah. So I just think it's a, a pretty great keyword, and I'm, I'm happy to see it repeated out. Yeah. Um, so with that Inspire, uh, threat range on him goes up to five. Uh, we yeah. go from one shield to two dodge, and we gain some accuracy here. Both attacks, uh, gaining a dice, uh, yeah. up to three Fury and three Smash on the attacks.
0: Yeah. I really hate this because now that Lance is uh, more accurate and if he gets a damage upgrade, then he's, he's going to uh, be a real problem for
2: me. Indeed. Um, ooh, excited to see if that plays out. Yeah. So I we might. have the <laughs> uh, Brian gets to draw a, another uh, objective as a result of the quest scoring. So he's uh, back up from a hand of two to a hand of three. Um, Not only that, but
1: I also get to do opportunistic mobs since Grin Crack was supporting that. I got yeah. two more power cards.
0: Yeah, uh, Brian was talking about building this deck and he's like, oh, like this reminds me I can score opportunity or I can uh, uh, include opportunistic mob. I'm like, I literally cannot think what that card is. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, you triggered both Duel of Wits and opportunistic mob in this round, which is a pretty nice start. So you're two glory up, and you have a strong power card advantage.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. And it looks like um, into power, we have um, no power card immediately being played by Brian. Oh, over to Davey on Phantom Darts again. Yeah. Uh, and this time, not for not just for show, we have the Marshall Falk receiving Phantom Darts. Yeah. No, What's that? Uh, I've been uh, bamboozled. Uh, no,
0: no, you you're you're eventually going to be well, maybe you're right. Yeah. ended I, up on, I Thane? on Thane. I'm going to... Yep. Uh,
2: okay, yeah. On to Thane. And So
0: the idea here is that uh Thane as a grave guard has supports from his dad. Uh if I can land a crit with this attack, uh, I'll get Thane inspired and uh Velmore inspired and getting uh getting Thane inspired. I move him over onto the other objective, which gets him uh, near... Brian was talking about his who's uh, so scary wall of goblins over there, and I was like, that's exactly where I want to be with a scything attack. So if I can get over here, stand on the objective uh, for short-term gains, and then uh, if I can land a crit with this, then I'll, I'll be in a great position to charge next round.
2: I love the setup there. So the charge uh, is playing out here. We have dice getting thrown. And a nice crit success and support results coming in yep. from Val, uh, from Vel'morn's side. That's exactly what you want to see. Yeah. So this isn't going to be defendable. Yeah. Nags takes it right in the brain. And
0: uh, I get the kill that I need for Path to Victory. I'm standing on two objectives. I'm feeling real good. I've inspired Vel'morn. I've inspired Thane. Uh, I'm about to also score Relentless Unity because this was a supported attack that was successful. So uh, I'm going to even it up. Uh, and I'm going to be in position for path to victory. Uh, things are feeling pretty, pretty great for me, uh, right here, as far as, uh, that exchange, I'm, I'm feeling like I, after, uh, after early blunder, I'm, I'm kind of positioned well. The other thing about this was I, I really thought about, uh, continuing after Grin Crack with Grin Crack being staggered. Uh, but I realized that if I hang out there, um, on that side, then I'm giving, uh, I'm potentially giving those two fighters who are his two better fighters chances for like charge free like attacks without having to charge right like if I hang out there then Gribs can use that Lance if he gets a damage upgrade which the number of power cards he's got in hand uh, I I could just be setting him up for next turn to really get some work done so I'm like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna do work on the other goblins and I'm gonna make them have to charge uh, from where they're at to do anything I liked your first plan (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> and after uh duel of wits and opportunist mob does some work here that's that's a hand of six yep. Uh that we're trying to account for yeah absolutely and then after the after that charge uh pays off looks like you drop the Darkwater anchor i do down uh, position on thane yeah thane is on the objective that is most vulnerable
0: so if brian decides he's going to counterattack with uh burke uh, or if he's got a speed boost, maybe, um, the guy with the squig on a stick, uh, it, that, that guy, I, I just want to make sure that I don't get pushed off that. Cause right now I, I'm like, uh, nobody can get at Velmoren. Somebody could theoretically get at Thane. If I guarantee that those two stay, then I got path to victory locked up. There's no way I can't score
2: it. Right. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought, yeah, let's find out. So, um, still in power here, uh, Mm -hmm. going into Brian's fourth, uh, we have makeshift bombardment coming out. Yep. Brian, walk me through this one. So
1: makeshift bombardment. Basically I choose a friendly fighter. Uh, they, and an enemy fighter within three hexes of them. I can either stagger the enemy fighter or push them away one hex. So it's kind of a, uh, three range, distraction or setting up stagger do ultimately choose to stagger
2: stagger yeah yes all right in the front line and then for your fourth uh it looks like you take skulko and prunk is it pronko should be (laughs) (laughs) all right let me tell you what it should be uh up to an objective placement. So now you're sitting on uh, three. You're sitting on. Let me just take a look here. You're sitting objective on one, two, and four. One, two, and four. All right. So fast forwarding then uh, into power going into fourth for Davy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting Ferocious bite out on Sir Jedrin. I'm gonna walk that back actually. Um, so why did you choose to stack your Jedrin going into your fourth and then not you know uh, capitalize off of it essentially. Uh, simply, I initially kind of took
1: the internet at its word and uh, <laughs> thought that makeshift bombardment was a long range distraction. Uh, so I initially tried to shuffle Jedrin forward so that I could charge Skulko and pronk and fire at jedren. Uh, you have to push the fighter away. So I could not distract him forward. Uh, so instead I just chose to stagger him. Uh, I could not make a range four shot on Jedrin with Skulko and pronk because they have to remain stationary. So it was a wasted opportunity. Got it. Okay.
2: That makes sense. Uh,
0: for me, I now see that he's sitting on three objectives, which has got me sweating because I know supremacy is a possibility. Um, and I have, now I, I'm in that decision point again, where I've got Jedrin. Jedrin is up to three fury because I put the ferocious bite on him. Um, I could go three fury with a reroll into a uh, green crack, um, which will, which would knock him off and kill an important piece, but it would also run me within a uh, spear range of, uh, Gribs. Or uh, on the other side, there's a Snorbo, the Spore, is just sitting on one single block on an objective, and that feels like the easier
2: one to do. But before we get there... Yeah, uh, before we get there, Drifting Tides is the next card played. This is being played by Brian. I imagine this immediately starts changing the mental math you're doing. Yeah. Because you need there- to not just knock somebody off, uh, you need to kill somebody, hopefully isolated if possible. Yeah,
0: I, this is not technically... Well, it, it is possible. I could uh, charge through and try and kill Skulko and Pronk. Uh, I have a route in through there. Um, and there I could deny supremacy by killing him. That gives him a support. And honestly, I, I didn't really see it. But Greencrack, uh, if I kill Greencrack, he can pull that objective under uh, Grib. And I really don't like that because then I'm, Grib can get at me uh if i kill snorbo there's plenty of opportunities there uh so uh i and also what i'm thinking is like i really want path to victory what i need to do is kill one of these guys force him to use this to score supremacy for himself and that'll preserve path to victory for me and i I think that's uh the better play so i kind of go in with that mindset of let's uh i don't I not seeing the Skoko and Pronk play. I, I'm like, I, I don't think I can stop Supremacy, but what I can do is make him use this uh, power card to get that rather than deny me my stuff.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a fair consideration. Um, ensure what you can. You don't necessarily know what his power or what his objective hand looks like at this point in time. Sure, but yeah, I'm playing against worst case scenario here. Right. Um, okay. So then. Uh it looks like we go straight into your fourth. Jedrin makes that charge mm-hmm. into Snorbo. Uh, three dice come down on your side. You only one success. Snag one success, one fury out of the mix. Yeah. Uh Brian rolls and gets a support defense. Which, which is not enough. Which is not enough. All right. So Snorbo-, Snorbo is down. Yeah. I should
0: say uh after I scored my uh my relentless unity i have drawn into a contest of equals so uh i'm happy to have that in hand as we're we're going to be brawling i figure that's going to score her at some point here unfortunately my best laid plans are defeated by brian's very large power card hand
2: all right coming from brian here is bold pylon uh choose up to 2 friendly fighters push each chosen fighter up to 2 hexes uh, so that they are adjacent to the same enemy fighter. All yep. right. So by him
1: taking out Snorbo, Burke and Snark were standing nearby, uh, ready to jump on that objective, both cuddling with Jedrin. So, yeah, not, this not is only, rough. This yeah. is a
0: very flexible push. Uh, this it's it's this is the ideal situation for that push. It gets them both into good spots. Gets supports. Gets. Uh, gets yes. back onto the objective. And uh, and now I'm looking at him like, not only can he score supremacy if he's got it, but I am going to lose Path to Victory because all the objectives are stood on and I'm going to be the one that has to take the hit yeah, on.
1: I, I no longer have to use Drifting Tides to regain the objective. He, yeah. uh, Snorbo just got killed off. And now I can use it for other nefarious things.
2: Yeah. Uh, one thing that we're trying to do during this episode is we're trying to um, highlight... Uh, card text just to make sure that people are able to follow along at home, whether they're new listeners or old um, championship or our rivals, nemesis, um, you know, savvy. Uh, so there- dr- drifting types is one that I didn't quite highlight as it was coming out. So um, this is the domain that uh, has seen in errata. It um, doesn't read quite how the card uh, is written these days. The first line has been replaced it uh, no longer says reaction. It says you cannot play this in the final power step of the action phase. Uh, so Brian did have to play this uh, before, uh, as he did before we got into the fourth and out uh, the other side for Davy here. Because uh, yeah. that'll, that'll end the round. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the action phase, once we arrive at that here momentarily, uh, he's going to be able to pick um, one option. He can give a fighter one upgrade from his hand. Uh, and he doesn't have to spend any glory points when he plays that card. Or he can pick one objective token uh, on the board. It doesn't matter if it's occupied or otherwise, and move that objective token into an adjacent hex. So that's why we were talking so much about the threat of Drifting Tides here. Um, yeah. It is a domain, which means uh, anytime you hear that, you should think uh, that that effect only persists until either the end of the round or until another gambit uh, domain gambit is played. Uh, but Brian was probably feeling pretty good, uh, given that you know he had drawn such a strong power hand and Davey was seeing good use out of his, but was down to, you know, a card or two at that time. Um, so likelihood of a domain coming out to cancel this was low. So yeah.
1: being nice. They're also reading the cards because I don't, <laughs> <laughs> no worries at all. Um, uh, yeah, the, um, uh, I,
0: am holding out a secret hope that like, you know, I'm like, ah, uh, maybe cause, uh, Brian actually does pause to read the card at this point, And I hear him read the upgrade uh, portion and like consider it for a moment. I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe he like, there's no way he's going to pick that. He's got two glory. That's unspent three power cards. He's probably going to score something in the end phase. He, he can play anything out of his hand that he needs to. Uh, and so wisely Brian
1: does uh, stymie me. Yeah. So I use drifting tides to pull the objective out from under Velmorn. I, We go into scoring. I score questing gets, which require me to hold objective one and two, which I do. Or have scored three quests, right? Yeah, or that. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not you. (laughs) (laughs) But objectives one and two is definitely what's securing it here. Uh, So that grabs him a point. Um, So we're up to uh, a score of three on Brian's side. Uh, Looks like... You're going to hold your remaining two objectives here. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So I hang on to Pure Carnage, and throughout all of round one, Contest of Equals did not score. But I'm going to hang on to it because it
2: should score <laughs> theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> theoretically. So when um, when Question gets scores for you, there um, Grin Crack triggers uh, his dub reaction. Use this after you score a non-quest objective. Choose one surviving friendly fighter. Inspire that, ch- or the chosen fighter. It looks like you choose Snark. Could you give me a little insight into that choice? Uh, basically, he gets a lot more
1: accurate. And his damage is, he's one of the few uh, two damage fighters in the group. Uh, he also has Nashon on his thing, which I think could be disruptive. Um and he's standing right next to Jedrin, who is uh, also supported by Burke. So it's uh, aiming another gun at Davy's head, I think. I think so, yeah. Too. A lot
0: of pressure on because I don't want to lose Nash and I don't want to take this damage. And also, that extra speed he gets on Inspire means that he can threaten Velmoren.
2: And before we jump out of the scoring phase here for Brian, um, he applies Fighter's Ferocity. Uh, so Grievous, one. Uh, to snark here, to add to that loaded gun. And Bold Engineer. So Bold engineers is uh, plus two move, except mm-hmm. during a charge action. Reaction. After a friendly fighter's activation, pick one feature token in an empty hex adjacent to the spider. Place that feature token in the spider's hex. So a uh, really nice tool for moving around the board uh, and ensuring that you're going to be able to occupy um, a distant... Um, empty, feature
1: token Yeah, and Snark is also just behind No Man's Land. Could charge towards Thane and Falk. Thane has Dark Water Anchor, so he can't be pushed off the objective. But I can steal it from him. Yeah.
0: Uh, for my part, I do get to sibling rivalry. Uh, Marshall Falk into an inspired state. Um, he's back in a not very useful
2: position, but um, could could get involved. And over on your side, Davey, we don't see path to victory score here. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> uh, I have to throw away risky strategy. This
0: is an objective that I think is pretty good late after I've uh, done some resurrections. But uh, I, I there's like a scenario where this could score, but it's, it's just too, too much wonk uh, to be able to do that. I do throw great strength out on uh, Thane. It does a couple things. It means that his uh, great white blade, like his non sithing attack is now three damage, which is sufficient to kill Grib or Green Crack, which I think is pretty important. Uh, and it gives the scything attack the ability to kill uh, the smaller grats without the need to uh, roll into a crit. Uh, or uh, if the opportunity arises, I can uh, fish for that crit on a scything and kill some of the three wound fighters. So um didn't, didn't need it on uh, Jedrin, who's already at three damage. Didn't need it on Vilmorn, who Inspired is also already at three damage with Grievous one uh, on top of that. So it's really just a uh, matter between Thane and Falk, uh,
2: not seeing any wound upgrades coming on Brian's side. All right. So with scoring phase over, we're at three versus three. And Brian, I'm going to jump back to you. Uh, what are you holding going into round two? What do you hope to accomplish here?
1: So I held on to Pure Carnage and Contest of Equals. I drew Tactical Supremacy 1-2. I'm already on both 1 and 2, so it sounds all right. Um, I held on to Stab, Stab, Stab again, and I drew four power cards. I drew Dark Inversion, Blind Gamble. I drew Lurking Horror and Rapid Defender, or Rapid Defender, uh, it it does it should look have like been rabid. Rabid. <laughs> It's got one of the <laughs> look at got, that art. What is that, hungering Skaven?
0: Yeah, I'm convinced that the artist read that as rabid. Uh,
1: yeah, so uh, rapid is one of the newer. Uh, is it fearsome fortress? It is fearsome fortress. So rapid defender reaction. It's an upgrade reaction after an enemy fighter's move action. If that enemy fighter is in no one's territory or your territory. Push this fighter one hex
2: towards that fighter. Uh-huh, all right. Hmm. Any uh, any particular? So obviously, standing on one and two, uh, you're already there. You're looking to just stay there. Um, mm-hmm. Any other like plans forming in your head at this time? Uh, I got some
1: offense tech rapid defender could just be uh, a way to move Grib around if I need. Uh, but as far dark inversion doesn't seem really useful right now, but it's there for
2: different board setups. Yep. Makes sense. All right. Uh, Davey, uh, what are you holding and what plans are farming? So unfortunately
0: I'm only holding one surge at this point. I have contested equals, which feels at this point, there's probably going to be seven to eight attacks in the second round here. So it feels very likely to score one way or the other. Um, I've got path to victory i held on to it it felt still scorable um and then uh my other one i drew was an end phase and it's protected inheritance and this is where i have to uh hold one objective in my territory and have two or more enemy fighters out of action that feels super doable uh i've got four of my fighters left i've got uh velmore inspired so he's on two blocks so he's pretty tanky uh, and I've already got the two fighters out of action, so that's a that's a two glory end phase for holding an objective in my territory. That feels great. Uh, I really like that I've got the inspired Jedrin. Uh, the roll-off off's going to be important. Uh, I'm sorry, not inspired Jedrin. I have uh, inspired Velmorn. Uh, off's going to be important because it's it's going to be uh, there's a there's a kind of scrum over here with Jedrin uh, and Snark and uh, Burke. Uh, are, are all facing off with each other. Yep. I've got some good power cards over here. I've got King of the Deeps for extra accuracy. That can be like super accuracy on Jedrin because he's got such a big attack. Um, I've got Mighty Swing. I've got a couple opportunities to use that. Jedrin can use it uh, where he's at, or Grib and Greencracker close together. I've got Praetorian, and this is the one where Jedrin can come protect Velmorn. They're actually pretty far apart, and I've uh, this may be an error on my part in getting them so separated. Um, there it's, it's going to take some engineering for me to figure this out. It's not impossible, but it's going to take some, uh, maneuvering for me. We've got internal surrender. This is the, uh, gambit speed plus one dice for range one attack actions, but also minus one defense. I've not actually used this card before because I've been leaning into the other, I haven't used much tooth and claw. And uh, even when I have, it's been with, uh, hexbane, uh, who, uh, I, for them i've been leaning into the stuff that works with range three plus and then horrifying armor we talked about that at the top um uh so uh i've got a couple of stuff i'm real excited about and
2: some stuff that feels uh more situational depending on the round develops all right well, let's see how that develops so we uh you mentioned that the roll-off was going to be very important for you and it looks indeed like you want it i did
0: uh a little bit of thinking about this but um on the on my left side, uh, Grib and Green Crack are too far away to do anything unless somebody goes in on them. Uh, so the obvious play is for Jedrin to try and start working on this scrum over there. Uh, he's not yet inspired, so he's still too fury. He is doing three damage and he's got uh, he's got the ferocious bite, so he's rolling three. Uh, but I, I get to start it off with a uh, crit success, so I take uh, I take the guy that uh, Brian has put two upgrades on. Um, uh snark snark gets smoked right off the bat Oops. Uh, snark this...
2: coin failed me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as well as uh dubbed um did dubbed yep. into that inspired yep, yep. state? yeah absolutely yep so, so that's that was a big one yeah that's a sen- you know three elements of investment there uh mm-hmm. blown straight off the board right at the kickoff of round two
0: yep uh crucially gets me a glory uh and so i have an unspent available uh Uh, to, and both, both the pieces of equipment I have are, are potential Jedrin stuff. So,
2: uh, right. So it looks like, uh, inspires there as well. Yep. Oh, right. Yep. Due to the, due to the crit and the attack. Perfect. Um, so things are looking pretty hot on your side.
0: Yeah. That, that feels like, uh, I'm still kind of recovering from that early error, um, but now I feel like I may be getting in a little bit of the driver's seat here. Um, I've, I've killed three of the goblins. Uh, I've got Jedrin is ready to line up to kill another one. Um, now that he's inspired, he's actually pretty accurate. And uh, Brian's heavy hitters are not in range with, unless they charge.
2: And you're sitting on a scored... Um, objective if this uh, game state remains, right? Thane has um, your uh, your personal defensive one uh, be on one objective and yep. have two of them down. Um, remind me again. Uh, that is protected inheritance. Protected inheritance, yes. Yep. Um, so you have that in the bag if board state uh, remains with just Thane present mm-hmm. where he currently stands. Alright, so uh, after that first activation, no power coming down from Davy, but we have lurking horror uh, coming in from Brian and going on to uh, Skalko and Pronk. From there, mm-hmm. uh, Brian uh, blind gamble. Yes,
0: yeah. So he's he's got to uh, delve with Burke, which staggers him, sets him up for a kill, possibly for later, but gets a gets an attack off. Um, I I know this card is sitting and burning a hole in your hand. Uh, this is this is uh this is a lot of investment to sneak one damage through in my opinion. I wanted it to be
2: snark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. No, I I just
2: wanted to use the cards. Sure. Alright, so in that case, the attack does uh, the attack coming in from blind gamble here does appear to be successful we've got a crit coming in from brian onto a shield for jedrin so laying down that one damage and not driving him back because we're hoping to i assume keep him in position for a follow-up attack here Yep. um all right so that first activation from brian is an attack from burke um with the power of lurking horror we've got three dice
1: I'm going to interrupt you. It's a Skulko and Pronk. Yep. Right. Skulko and Pronk are firing with steady at range four into Mm Jedran with
2: support from Burke. Thank you. Yep. Saw the three dice going down and no movement and just made assumptions. Mm. Uh, Well, in that case, do we have a hit here?
0: Sure do. Because uh, Skulko and Pronk are supported by Burke. That was a good non drive back. Kept them in range, kept them with support. And uh,
2: it's two successes versus one. All right, thanks for the assist on the wheel there. I mentioned there would be a little bit of bumpiness. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Skolko uh, attack does go through here. Uh, we have those two successes uh, coming from that supported position by Burke into just a shield on Jedrin. So we have Jedrin at a grand total of three wounds taken. Yeah, and I- a drive back
0: do not like um the things i have going for me right now with that is Jedrin is pretty far away from uh grin crack Gribbs can probably has the speed or probably has the speed to get through for the kill um but uh Jedrin now has to charge to to take advantage of his increased accuracy
2: and that drive back by skulko and pronk means that you can't retaliate directly um uh, yeah. by charging them Yeah. Burke is the only available target for Jedren if he wants to make a charge.
0: Yeah. Burke is a fair target, though, because he's sitting on a feature, he's sitting on an objective, and um, I am still worried about supremacy popping up.
2: All right. That seems to be a fair concern in my mind. All right. So we have uh, in power, no power played by Brian, and a mighty swing coming out by Davey. Yeah, this is where I uh,
0: maybe make a second error. We'll see. I, I kind of get uh, end zone eyes here. I figured uh, Skulko and Pronk have fired their shot, their 2 damage shot. Jedron has two health left. It's not really an easy way for him to get at me unless he wants to run Grib all the way across the map. I was like, well, I've got a way to deal with Grib, and that is uh, my very healthy Velmorn who can uh, get a mighty swing, and then I also put out uh, Internal Surrender. So I'm, I'm bumping Velmorn up to uh, even more. Um, add to that a uh, King of the Deeps. So I'm going to charge in. I'm going to have a chance to swing on Gribbs and Greencrack. Uh Four smash on one, three smash on the other. Three damage with Grievous. Grievous doesn't matter here. Uh, but, you uh, said there's an
1: error here. What error?
0: Uh, it's my personal error. I, I don't. I don't think this is the right play at this time. Uh, I think. I think I bring Velmore too. and then I think also. Uh, I am forgetting that internal surrender is minus one defense. So I'm forgetting that I'm going to send Velmorn in, and Velmorn will not be as tanky as I think he is.
2: Ah, gotcha. So I, I
0: think this is a bad time, especially since I haven't used. I haven't seen my resurrection gambits, and I haven't seen my. Uh, house eternal um objective i think this is too early to be risking film like this I think the right play right now is uh,
2: a velmore charge and the last card there that you mentioned is king of the deeps so that is plus one dice to the first attack action made by a friendly fighter in the next activation step plus two dice instead uh if one or more of that fighter's attack actions damage characteristics are greater than target's wound characteristic does that apply here no Uh, it doesn't it's just on one all right so So
0: i think i think the right play is Velmorn gets either uh internal surrender or king of the deeps or neither and just goes like a three smash against a staggered burke to smoke that guy um get some easy glory and then uh put put brian on the back
2: foot again copy well let's see how this particular move plays out so Velmorn coming in uh, to that Grib, Grin, Rack, Grink, Grink, Rack position. <laughs> These names. Rack and Grib. They have yeah. my tongue all sorts of twisted. Uh, <laughs> all right. So. You don't uh, know how to speak the refined dialect of the Knights. <laughs> indeed. Neat. <laughs> <Me. laughs> <laughs> all right. So, four dice coming in on the first attack here from Valmorn. Uh, looks like uh, we're going to get two successes in the form of Smash.
0: Yeah, and uh, I've decided to go after Grib. Uh, I forget that Grib inspires the two Dodge uh, instead of two block So I'm at first just starting to see two block. It's one of these where like both of us see the attack and defense dice, and we're both like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Well, one of us is wrong," and it was me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it didn't uh, feel like an error here. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I just think I could have waited on this till later in the round. I did not need to do this as early as I did. Yeah, but
1: Grib goes down. Yeah. My- all beautiful right.
0: boy that's big uh he's he's the big damage dealer he's out and so i feel like i'm already ahead now uh i've got a, a in my mind two block four health fighter and i may still get the kill on Grin crack because i'm uh three smash into two block which is not unreasonable i have uh, lethal
2: damage possible here and do you get it the dice roll we have one success coming in from Valmorn, and we have that same double shield result sticking on yeah. those dice um yeah. protecting green crack Notably
0: freezing uh, contest that equals in both our hands.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Couldn't you just rolled the a crit there. Just one crit and anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, so that feels pretty good. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm forgetting that internal
2: surrender is reducing my defense. So let's see. Going into... Brian's second year, so so no power uh, comes out yep. uh, between Valmorn's havoc there and yep. the response. So the response is, uh, Green
0: Crack swings on me and uh, gets it through. Uh, actually, does not, uh, and this is this is a error because I uh, think that I um, have two defense dice, uh, so I roll two. I roll a crit and a. A, a crit and a miss oh, uh, interesting. versus his crit and a miss so do, do you two realize this mistake later or does this We realize it a little bit later but this this play doesn't get walked back uh, but yeah. it kind of is a wash because we both score contest at equals on this so
2: yeah. mm-hmm. can't be too sad
0: yeah all right so then it, my my favorite thing to do not my favorite thing to do i do enjoy like when the other player is like, finally, I score contest at you. Yeah. I'm like, oh, good for you. I score it too. Like, nah.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, Took a round and a half before contest to score. Hmm. Speaking of which, uh, what takes its place? Uh, Brian, starting with you.
2: I got the bestest card. Nya, 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 nya. <laughs> <laughs> and could you remind me what? nana nya, nya, nya. nya. <laughs>
1: <laughs> does. basically it's a quest surge card and score this immediately after an enemy fighters attack action that targets this fighter and fails excellent
0: uh, and i drew into regal Repost, which uh i like this card in general this is a uh, surge hybrid score one you have to take a fighter out with an attack action and either the friendly fighter has no charge tokens or the enemy fighter has one or more charge tokens this is actually not a good situation for me to score it um because of uh, how the board has positioned and I have become the aggressor. Uh, This is a good counterpunch card. It's not a great aggressor card.
2: All right. It's safe to say that this new objective in either cases um, doesn't really uh, change your laid out plans for the round. Negative. All right. So moving on from there. Uh, So we've just drawn our surges or... Drawn our new cards uh in power uh the <laughs> aforementioned nanananana nana nana, uh, is indeed going down as a quest upon grinkrack himself
0: yeah this is rough uh cuz he's already uh, this is this is like almost uh protective insurance here cuz i'm like i i already am not in a great position to land a blow on him and if he's got this up it i'm further disincentivized from going after him
2: All right. And it looks like no additional power happening there. So uh, for Davies third, looks like a play uh, from Dredren here. So you do take that charge uh, onto Burke. I notice, so you position yourself on this charge in such a way that you're positioning yourself as far away from your remaining fighters as possible. Um, What kind of leads to that footing? Uh, I think
0: it was, I was trying to make sure that even if he got... uh got a speed upgrade on Grincrack. He couldn't go run over and finish off Jedron. Um, Jedrin being big uh, and Grincrack being uh, potentially pretty accurate if he finds a way to inspire him. Uh, I There is another situation where I like charge in a way to bring Jedrin in. I, I think a better play is to use I, the, I only have two power cards left in my hand and that is uh, Horrifying Armor and Praetorian there's a position I can charge to, which is, uh, still near Burke. And then if Greencrack uh, decides that he's going to attack Velmorn again, I could Praetorian over with horrifying armor and make that a really low accuracy attack. Um, I wish that I'd done that, but, uh, I didn't, um, a- another thing where it was just too many possibilities and I got myself thinking about too many different things. Um,
2: all right. However, I do manage to smoke Burke, so that feels good. Indeed. Uh, looks like the roll for that uh, had at least the crit you needed. Yeah. All right. I, yeah, I'm a I'm three smash into
0: one block for this one, so that that feels pretty doable. Uh, it gets me up to seven to four, but I I have made some positioning errors again here. I, I think
2: uh, I think like we mentioned, I think there was a better spot for me to be. I enjoy the the amount of self reflection that you do in each of these, because uh, um, because these uh, appear to have worked out for you uh, overall so far. Right. However, um, I am in agreement that there are lessons to be learned here in the sense of like I think you know the better play would have been to have held Valmorn or oh in hindsight you know I should have positioned Jedrin uh, a little better here. That those are the those are the things that. Um, when you're playing Underworlds, if you can do that, if you can review a game like this or even the choices in the moment uh, after the fact and think, oh, note to self, like that's a consideration that I should have made at this time, then hopefully the next time it comes up, that is the consideration you make. Uh, And and that's how we all become better players. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, despite these plays working out for you, um, you know, to some degree, uh, seeing that there's a better play um, is what makes us all better yeah so all right so after smoking burke uh brian plays dark inversion so burke was standing on four right before Jedrin deleted him yeah. and the dark inversion here is to put a snare hex next to uh jedron so swapping that snare that's centrally located uh over into that four brian is this purely for denial then uh,
1: pretty much, um, uh, dark inversion had been sitting in my hands. I just wanted to keep it within reach of both of my surviving fighters.
0: Yeah. I, I think the better play and you're not aware of it, uh, at this time, but, uh, if you had changed five, five is the other objective in my territory. Um, if when you play dark inversion, I'm like, oh man, like he, he could potentially place, uh, path to victory out of my reach again. Uh, if, if he swaps the, um, snare into my territory, uh, but, but you don't, you, you uh, swap it for the one next to Jedran who's already,
2: who's already made his charge. Oh, okay. So the consideration there is it would take a push to get Jedran into position, but Falk yeah. uh, could, uh, you know, just on your next activation move. Yeah. Uh, Grinkrack takes another swing. Yep. Uh, for Brian's third activation, we have a swing coming out from Grinkrack here. Uh, fairly accurate coming in with a crit and smash both being successes uh, into a sad single and double support yeah
0: which uh, which was again too many dice but uh, unsuccessful anyway so lays two damage into velmore and decides to leave him there so he can keep swinging and
2: then no power between uh, so we jump straight into the fourth for davy here uh, which is indeed that move from falk that we just highlighted Uh, getting onto that five and setting up Path to victory here. All right. So after Falk's move, final activation here for Brian. Uh, we have another attack coming in from Green Crack uh, into Velmorn. At this time, we have resolved or figured out the internal surrender uh, conundrum that we've been overdicing our defenses. So the attack from Green Crack into Velmorn here um, misses off of only one defense dice, uh, and then we see stab stab and stab again coming in from brian uh this is a loon court reaction that is used this after a friendly fighters activation in which they made one or more failed attack actions that fighter makes one attack action so we get one more shot at the king here and let's see if it is good enough i believe it is so velmorn gets pulled off the board yeah it's uh not feeling
0: not feeling good i i am still in the lead here but uh i know that i haven't seen any of my resurrection tech yet and all that's going to be dead draws when it comes up
1: i am the king now
2: (laughs) (laughs) um so then um we're going to jump into scoring here for round two it doesn't look like there's going to be any power played by either player all right, so we're going to start scoring here with Davey at seven. Uh, Davey, what do you score? Uh, I managed to get Path to Victory because I got Thane
0: and Falk are standing sitting on uh, objectives, and I, I did kill somebody this round. Uh, and then also Protected Inheritance because uh, two or more enemy fighters are out of action, and I have an objective in my territory. So that's a four-point score. gets me up to 11. Feels pretty good. Um, I play out horrifying armor on Jedron because it is this situation where Skoko. the only fighters he has left are Skoko and Pronk and, uh, uh, Greencrack himself, uh, kind of forgetting about the whole concept of pings. Um, <laughs> in that, like putting this on means that I could be killed by a ping. Uh, but the idea here is I'm gonna put this out. Uh, if I can get adjacent, I'm harder to hit. And, uh, uh from there then uh even if i do die i'm only giving up one glory and now uh before brian scores anything i'm up 11 4 feels real good one thing i do is i hold on to uh regal Repost and this is the uh score as long as i don't have a charge or if the enemy has a charge this is a mistake again here because green crack uh green crack's gonna be hard to kill anyway uh and green crack is already adjacent um and then uh, Skoko and Pronk are probably not doing a lot of charging either. Like this, this uh, I think a smarter play, if I'd been more familiar with this deck, uh, I ditched this in favor. I still have six objectives in my deck. I have a lot of options left. I have not scored much in my deck so far. Um, but I hang on to it and then draw up.
2: All right. And then, uh, Brian, what do you score this round? I score Tactical
1: Supremacy 1 and 2 because i'm still on them yeah with his I, two fighters it yeah. uh
0: <laughs>
1: yeah i still have pure carnage in hand nyan nyan nyan, nyan is going in play <laughs> on grin crack uh so i will keep pure carnage and draw two objective cards i put rapid defender on to grin crack uh just because i have it grin cracks currently standing in no man's land but we'll see what happens
0: yeah, so uh, yeah. Correction, I guess we're at seven to eleven. You know, once uh, once you score that, I think we didn't have uh, uh glory scored. Oh, sure. No.
2: All right, uh, and then uh, yeah. So
1: seven uh, for the Loon Court, eleven for Vilmore. Ab-
2: uh, absolutely. So going into round three, you've just drawn new hands. Uh, yeah. I'm going to start with Davy this time. Uh, what? is your plan well
0: uh i am sitting on um i have uh i've drawn into uh trace the ley lines which is actually a little bit tough here the um objectives one and two which are the easier ones to score are currently uh sat upon by some goblins uh so, and I only have three fighters left and I have no way to resurrect any. Um, and as already mentioned, Regal Repost is tough to score. I do have um, Branching Fate in hand, which is doable. I have uh, three inspired fighters, all of whom are rolling uh, three dice, either because of uh, just a natural profile or uh, cards that they have uh i have enough damage where i could kill green crack he's pretty defensive and that's a that's a risky play uh but i'm up 11 7 i have a four glory lead um skulko and pronk could get off a kill on Jedrin if they land the hit uh but even if they do that's only a one glory i'm feeling pretty good um the upgrades i've drawn into are gifted ferocity for an extra dice um Call to heal. This is a weird push. It's choose one beast or savage fighter. Uh, push the chosen fighter one hex or up to four hexes if it is a friendly fighter. So it is adjacent to a friendly fighter. Um, I don't have a super awesome way to use this. Uh, no no, very obvious way to use this from the start. I did get redoubled fervor, and this is the attack again. Has to be with a grave guard, so Jedran can't use it. Uh, but that that uh, is uh, improved ability if... Um, If my boss is alive and I have a command counter, but as we've established, that is not the case. And then Center of Attention and uh, Partial Resurrection, which is a dead card because my boss is dead. Uh, Risked him him too early. But with a four glory lead, I'm feeling pretty good. All right.
1: Brian? Uh, So I'm behind by four. I've got pure carnage in hand, if I remember correctly. Currently six fighters are out. So I'm... Looking at somebody needs to die, and likely going to be one of me. And I drew into Mobum, which is another quest surge card for the Loon Court. Uh, This one, score this immediately after a supported friendly fighter's successful attack action if this fighter made the attack action or supported that fighter. So successful supported attack action uh, involving the person with this card only two uh, fighters left feels Only two riot. fighters left nobody is adjacent to me i did draw into cursed boarding pike guardian glaive and phantom fists so those two range two weapons give me some hope that i can try and just get some pokes off uh the other card more importantly that i started beaming about was pick on a get your own size it's another surge quest loon court card This one, score this immediately after this fighter's attack action that takes the target out of action if the target had a higher wounds characteristic than this fighter for two glory surge. Yeah. So Jedrin gotta die. (laughs) (laughs) Because Skulko and Pronk are two wounds, so they could try and kill Falk and Thane, but both of them are three wounds. Skulko and Pronk can't one-shot any of them. I do have great strength also in hand, so there's chances. But Jedrin's just sitting there. Skoko and Pronk are ready to make a range three attack action into him if given the chance.
2: Copy. be. Um, and Pure Carnage needs seven out of action fighters. Correct. That's correct. correct. You are currently at seven, so you're solid yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, going Create into the this cards. round. <laughs> so, so yeah, I I don't realize it, but
0: the score is really it's eleven ten. Uh, because that first round ended so quickly, I didn't know that Brian had pure carnage in his in his deck, um, which is which is an argument for if you're playing a best of three and you are getting blown out, maybe uh, maybe hide those
1: cards. Um, pure carnage is the best way to fail successfully. <laughs> yeah, fail
2: upwards. And when you're bringing seven or more models, uh, it's definitely something to consider. Yeah. All right, so let's see who wins the roll off here. We have. They roll off going to Brian. So Finally, yeah. <laughs> Boo. so you get to make the choice here. Is the choice to give Davy everything he wants in a first activation of his very own? Oh. So oh. somehow he does. Oh, actually. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Comedy aside, Gendrin is indeed the one that moves. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you do you recall why you chose Davy to go first here? Oh, duh,
1: because it takes a power step in order to put the quest card on first. Ah,
2: yeah. copy. Yeah. Read the card.
0: Uh, so I come in with a, a three smash versus two block. It's not great. Odds. It's not terrible odds, but it's, uh, you know, in the 50, 50 ish range. Um, but I, I, miss with Jedrin, And this is, this is a big miss. This is an important attack that uh, does not land. Um, and all of a sudden Jedrin is sitting next to Skoko and pronk and uh, not happy about having missed because that uh, gets me in a bad spot. Uh, and I also did not uh, roll. I rolled a smash double, double. So I uh, could not have
1: scored uh, branching fate. This is uh, one of those situations where even though the card seems great, nya, 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 Just ends up being in your own head on all the other opportunities of fighters. You should have put it on.
0: Yeah, uh, to be f- to be fair, uh like the presence of that card has actually uh improved Grindrak's survivability because I'm unwilling to take a swing on him. It's not worth risking uh giving you that glory for just missing. So, uh it's <laughs> while it's not getting you glory, it is effectively being a uh defensive upgrade on Grin Crack, Which was something I considered, but yeah. uh not scoring cards still. Yeah, sad. Couple, to be fair, you, you still have
2: three in hand. You A know. couple things I want to yeah. jump in and highlight real quick here. Uh, so, na 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 nah, um, is still in play on Green Crack. So, Brian went into the last scoring round with this quest equipped to Green Crack and two objective cards in hand. Um, he came out of the um, scoring phase there with an additional uh, objective. Uh, so, Quests have this really nice benefit where if um, they're still present on a fighter during that scoring phase, when you draw up, you get to draw a full hand regardless of the fact that there's a quest out on the board. And if that fighter dies, you know, it's going to jump back into your hand and bump it up to over that, over that three count that you would normally be constricted to. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, just seeing that you have more objective potential per, like, uh, face up and present for you to um, contend with, than uh, Davy does right now, mind you. Uh, I'm sure you would have liked to have seen and Nana score earlier, um, but it's still out there, uh, so that's pretty great. Uh, and then with your choice to go uh, to go second here, have Davy go first. He had to choose between which of the um, two shield fighters he wanted to go into. So as far as like fighters that you could have alive right now and make that choice with um, these seem to be uh, a pretty solid defensive position for you to feel safe enough to, um, to, you know, go toe to toe with his dice result for that first activation there. So I suppose with that said, um, just, just a few notes that I thought was a little bit of fun um, to highlight and let's see what happens next. So you wanted that power phase um to get that quest going so who does that go on to it must go on skulko
1: and pronk because nananana nah, is still on grin crack uh so it does yeah i'm i'm uh horrified to discover that uh
0: uh he's got that but i don't see a way out uh even worse he puts on guardian glaive uh and sitting on a objective, that means he's going to be two smash with as many re-rolls as he wants uh, for a three glory kill uh, since I'm next to him. Uh, that I can do something about. I can I can try and make him have to do it with his shooting attack, which is a little less accurate than uh, two smash with infinite re-rolls. Mm-hmm. This it's is very rude. Double, yeah. Uh, so this, this is where uh, Call to Heal actually comes into play. Uh, I started the round not sure how I was going to play this, and now I can so i do a push four with jedren to bring him all the way back into my territory takes him out of uh guardian glaive range of skulko so if skulko wants to get me skulko is going to have to do it with uh the the Squigapult.
2: and in response brian possibly a little defeat it's like fine i'm just gonna put course uh, cursed boarding spike onto green crack here yeah and likely
0: try to chip away at falk i imagine which feels super bad. I was really liking the start of this round where I was like, he's got one shot from Skulko and one shot from uh, Greencrack, who is range one. Um, and outside of that, like, there's not enough uh, not enough for him to catch up. But once he started putting out these ways for these fighters to attack multiple times, I'm like, okay, well, now I actually got problems.
2: All right. And before the power phase is over here, we see Mobum come out. So, Well, we see it briefly until
0: I point uh, out to Brian that he can't have more than one quest. This green is Christ where he Christ. starts to get salty about
2: quests. <laughs> I thought you were oddly familiar with that caveat. There it is. It hits uh, me. All right. So uh, going into Brian's activation or first activation here, uh, we have a cursed boarding pike attack coming from green crack into Falk yeah uh dice hand you one success out of four which looks to be enough um the single support uh, gets rolled in defense there so falk is taken off the board yeah feels rough uh
0: i'm now down to two fighters uh i don't have a ton of options going forward uh thane does have enough damage where i could if i want counter attack into green crack uh but i risk
2: triggering yeah 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 so and a that's quick a problem quick score recap uh that sets us at eight points to 11 uh for loon court into Velmorn. but really uh with pure carnage hidden away we're at about 11 to 11 but i don't know it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So then we see Gifted Ferocity uh, coming on your side, Davy. Uh, This is a mutation. uh, Plus one dice. This is from Tooth and Claw. Uh, To this fighter's range one attack actions. And as a reaction, um, this can be given out a little earlier um, without the the cost of glory. Yep. Um, So this goes in on Thane. And we go into your second activation here. So Thane is making a charge uh, into Green Crack. Four dice come out. Uh, We're looking at a crit success here from Thane. And in the defense, we've got two dice for Greencrack, but we don't see the crit. All right. So not only is that a kill, that is actually four unique dice results. Uh, (laughs) Grabbing a branching fate (laughs) to boot. Yeah.
0: So I feel like I'm running away with this at this point. Uh, I... I think uh, there's possibly a better play I, if I'd been anticipating where a Skolko and Pronk are probably charging to uh, I have a, actually a better spot I could charge to um, which is uh, one spot closer because now both my fighters have charged but I'm forgetting the new rules which is that once I've charged with everybody I can still keep attacking if somebody's in range. And if, I think if I place Thane uh, next to objective 4 as well as one, uh, then Skolko and Pronk's likely landing spot uh, is killable. And being close to them is no problem because they already have the Guardian Glaive. So if they are wanting to attack me, they can already do that. Um, so uh, I'm not exactly sure what my thought process was. Oh, I, I, did, have a, I did have a plan here. I was going to uh, center of attention uh, to get myself into a safer spot. I'm going to pull myself
2: back onto an objective. Ah, uh, all right. Yeah, that that tracks. Uh, I see here too, um, kind of a quest dilemma happening for Brian. So, na -na 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 -na, uh, jumps back into his hand. We know that there's also another quest in there that he can't divvy out. So, given the fact that uh, Skalka and Pronk are hanging out with uh, Pick on and Get Your Own Size uh, already quest-attached, there's two dead objectives um, sitting in Brian's hand until he can free up that quest slot. On his remaining fighter, um, it hurts. Yeah, that that is a bummer. <laughs> um, so two dead surges in hand. Yeah, Ugh. All right. So let's see what happens next here. Um, so after the kill, we see that center of attention come out um, to give you that safe position. Uh, not only a safe position, but an objective position next to Jaden. Yeah. Back onto. I pull
0: the... myself back on an objective. Uh... Crucially, I actually pull myself away from objective one, which would score me trace the ley lines. Um, and I'm doing this. This is, this is an example of me being overly confident. I've got a five glory lead. Um, what I'm forgetting, as we've already mentioned multiple times, is that, uh, or not forgetting, but I'm just not aware that he's running um, pure carnage. And uh, I've done this both times that I've played Green Cracks. I've forgotten that pick on to get-your-own-size is a two-glory surge, which is spicy. Speaking of which,
2: I have a yeah. feeling we are about to see that payoff here. Uh, we have a charge coming in from Skalko and Pronk. So landing in on objective four, uh, which is just over the line. Uh, so we're three away from uh, both Thane and Jedrin, uh hugged up next to each other. And the dice come out. We have a crit fury smash result from Skalko and Pronk. Yeah.
1: Plus one for lurking horror and taking out the smash result. I lurking horror got me another sword.
2: So crit, yeah. crit and two successes. Additionally here, um, no defenses rolled uh, from Davy's side. No defenses needed on Davy's side. Uh, yeah. Jedrin goes down. Uh, so at this point in time, horrifying armor um is going to break right
0: yeah so here's here's where we actually didn't know the timing on this and we decided that we would uh we would just look in like the unspent glory is not a problem here like it's not going to make a difference whether you can do objectives just final scoring there's a interesting rule dynamic here uh Jedrin is sitting on horrifying armor in order to deny the double glory bounty for a large fighter. Uh, Skulko and pronk hit with a crit with, has gnashing so they can break an upgrade with this attack. They can technically, we weren't sure on how the timing, but looking at this, uh, this should happen during the uh, deal damage step. Is that what you figured out, Skylar?
2: I believe so. Just uh, looking at yeah. the uh, combat sequence in the rule book, uh, it looks so, like uh, there's an advanced rule section highlighted there that talks about um, Grievous um, and other such critical abilities would go off at that time. Right. So Skulko and Pronk
0: have this cool ability where they launch a squig, they gnashing, so this squig chews off the horrifying armor, which bumps Jedrin's health up to two, but still dies because it does two damage. So this is a uh, two glory kill. We don't mark it as such. Uh, so actually, it's a four glory kill. You <laughs> you go up to uh, 13 is what you should be going to on this, which ties it up. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and this is a this rule Ash. dynamic. I I was not uh, I was not paying attention to. Not yeah, because it familiar. basically
1: occurs at the same time as what Grievous would be yeah right
0: uh and now we have uh two fighters who are too far away from each other to attack even though they are both just sitting on uh charge tokens and this is where if i'd been up closer if i'd been if i'd recognized that my big lead was not as big as it was uh, a better positioning would have uh set me up um
2: for some counter attacks um, here Yeah, yeah absolutely um So instead, what we have is we have uh, Thane and Skalko kind of eyeing each other up a little bit, Uh, three hexes away from each other, both sitting on their very own pretty objectives. Uh, A four beneath Skalko, a five beneath Thane. Um, And the score is currently, uh, we we have it scored at 11-13, um, but after um, realizing that um, Jadren would have counted as a large fighter kill there, uh, we would be at 12-13, um, Loon Court to Palmorn, So moving forward um it I, we I'm just cycling
0: objectives I think Brian's doing the same uh if I knew this deck better I would realize there are no
2: objectives left in this deck that I uh, actually have scoreable all right yep uh all remaining activations of the game so two two a piece are yep. spent uh cycling and into scoring. So no new power cards go out here towards the end. So we only have one in hand for Brian and two in hand for Davy. So um our options are probably pretty spent here. What what do you have have left in hand uh power wise?
0: So I have partial resurrection, which is dead because oh, right. uh because uh Velmorn is dead. Uh and then crucially I, I have redoubled fervor, which is the reattack and this is this is another vote for Thane being one uh, one spot closer instead of uh, pulling it back to the safe spot. Um, anticipating where he would have gone, this would have given me an attack plus a re-attack. I can probably push a four dice attack through even against two block if I've got uh, if I've got a re-attack in hand um, to to knock Skulko out.
2: All right. And Brian, what do you have in hand there, just uh, out of curiosity, uh, for your remaining power card? So I still have na 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 na. So <laughs> I cycled
1: out Mobum to Supremacy, but I only have one fighter remaining, so that went out, and that's ours. That is was the card I drew. Uh, quest end phase. Swear this in an end phase if this fighter is holding an objective with the same number as the current round number. So objective mm. number three is three hexes away from them. I've already made a charge. Can't do it.
2: Can't do it. Uh, what, what's the uh, remaining power card in your hand, though? Just just out of curiosity. Phantom Fist. Phantom Fist. Oh, all right. Uh, hey, I, I like that illusion. I'm glad it's in here. That, yeah. yeah. Stagger tech for the uh, opportunistic reprisal. Absolutely. Italy. As well as uh, some earlier two damage on um, fighters that could not grant you that otherwise.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: Besides, you got to give your knights some, some pretty gauntlets. Make him- <laughs> that was the hope. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, scoring here. We have Davey um, scoring first uh, because Brian uh, won that roll-off and had him go first. So, we've got... Um, w- why don't you walk me through uh, if you score anything here, Davy?
0: Absolutely nothing. All right. Uh, I, I have a Surge in my hand. Uh, I have Trace the Ley Lines, which... Again, that better positioning would have scored me if I've been paying attention, and then I've got morbid majesty, which would have been great earlier, but is dead with this many people gone. So, oh no! Uh, so past- at this point, up up 13, 12 I was like, "There's a chance we're both on objectives." Uh, he doesn't. I know there's two quests in his hand, so there's only one he could score. If it's a one glory, like we're a, we're a true tie, and that's when he flips, and pure carnage
2: yeah. takes yeah. the game. Yep, yep. Failed successfully. (laughs) (laughs) As the ignoble knights do. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, um, let's talk about uh, takeaways from the game. So, Brian, I know you're messing around with the Loon Court um, to, you know, possibly fill that Warband homeless spot in your heart right now Um, Mm -hmm. after this game uh, or these two games. Um, how are you feeling with them? What what lessons have you learned? So I definitely learned a
1: lot. Um, I tried to see how effective the quest... Like trying to figure out what uh, things Looncore to have going for them. Obviously, as a faction, they don't have a infection move. So I was trying to do a lot of the counter-attack uh, attack actions. Or out-of-sequence attack actions. Um, and just lean heavily into the hold objective. But also the quests. I have... Roughly six to seven uh, quest cards in this deck. I keep fluctuating. Uh, this game really made it clear that late round two and then three, it becomes very difficult to score quests. Um, I lean too heavy in them. I don't know where the sweet spot is. Got to play with it. Because um, having quests, uh, quest surges in hand be dead because Nah, 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 or another one is unable to score and can't uh, free up that that uh, assembly line it, it really sucks. Um, but uh, some things were working nah, 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 did a lot of uh, counter uh, like uh, it, it still affected Davie's play a lot um, so there's a lot to consider with that. Um, I think Pick on a Get Your Own Size quickly became one of my favorites. Uh, I think early game, there's a lot of Yeah, I think there. that's great. Yeah. Um, they do also have another one in there that I didn't see. It's uh, Loon Court Infestation. It's a Surge Hybrid. This one did not come up. Uh, so it's Surge Hybrid. Uh, score this immediately after an activation... If there are friendly fighters in another player's territory, if there are more friendly fighters in another player's territory, then there are uh, that player's fighters in their territory. Not really what I was trying to score here. It was instead your warband holds one, two, and three. But it's a two surge uh, thing here. I definitely would have been pushing and used uh, Dark Inversion differently for that. Um, Those two I would consider keeping in my quest pool um being too glory but opportunistic reprisal is i think a thirst trap uh you have to bring <laughs> a lot of tech in order to try and make it go off you have to kind of predict uh who your opponent wants to make a charge with and hopefully put the stagger on them and then hope that they charge somebody and that you'll have there's there's a lot of conditions um Right. And then it seems, a, really, seems a, really good on its face. Um, I think, unless your Warband brings innate stagger uh, to effectively put stagger on people when they want, such as the uh, Snip Pad Paw in the uh, Claw Pack, mm-hmm. I think they might still consider it, but
2: I'm not going to consider it. In a best of three as well, um, mm-hmm. if you stagger somebody, then that's going to immediately jump into their mind as a consideration, which. Um, you can lean into uh, you can be like uh, I don't actually have opportunistic uh, in hand right now um, but I'm going to spend this stagger to make them think I do uh, mm-hmm. because I'm going to put it on the fighter that I know they want to charge with and we're going to see if they're still willing to go through with it knowing like why else would they put a stagger here oh no they have yeah. gotta have it um, yeah. so there, there's ways to play to its strength but it does become you know much more broadcasted Uh, What is much
1: more of a sin of that card is I found myself um, taking out pushes to put more stagger tech in. No! (laughs) No. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who are you? (laughs) That's that's, uh, when I was talking with Davey after the first game, I was telling him I'm doubling down on a mechanic to see if I can make it work. I don't Mm -hmm. think it will. And it was opportunistic reprisal.
2: Got it. Ooh. Well, took
1: out redeploy,
2: Davey, I want to jump over to your thoughts on the game, but before I do, I, I wanted to highlight a takeaway that um, I gathered from from watching the Loon Court this game. I think um, if I am up against the Loon Court uh, and I see a quest carry over into the following activate or into the following round, um, so you know, no move charge tokens are now on this fighter. There's just a quest card hanging out on them from before um -hmm. i'm gonna think twice about um taking that fighter out because well uh i don't know
0: um maybe that's maybe that's wrong you're right because if i if i uh it it depends on the quest that's on him yeah uh but like let's say it's the uh let's say it's the quest that is uh run him down right so like if this fighter uh, or run them down or, uh, pick on a, get your own size. If that fighter charges and misses, like misses their attack, uh, misses their chance to score that often, like that's an easy pickup. Like, okay, they got someone isolated in my territory. I'll kill them and get some easy glory. I'm going to avoid doing that. Like uh, there's, there's like a, a further head game there where I'm like, if I kill this guy, he gets those quests back in hand and then he can put them back out. Especially the uh, get your own size. That's a. I don't want to get have him yeah. have another two glory surge available to be played out. Um, so while I think there's big problems with the quest mechanic, um, and and Brian's build uh, was heavy on quests, but didn't take any of the gambits that um, that benefit from quests, right? Like the the uh, uh, plus two move or plus one dice or. I, defense.
1: I um, also took some of those out for the push tech. So
0: sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and not, not, not the
1: push tech, the uh, opportunistic reprisal and staggered. Right.
0: I, I think you gotta, I think if you're going quests, you gotta go quests. And if, uh, if you, um, I, I, I think you could, I think I probably put pick on a, get your own size, no matter what, like that seems good enough to even stand on its own. But if you're going to go heavier like you did five plus, uh, I think maybe you think about some of the gambits that are pretty powerful in in uh,
2: with it. I agree, and yeah, I was uh, like thinking around what I had already thought of, and um, you you helped steer that thought back in back into place. Yeah, I think uh, it's really interesting where if somebody's charged. So I had mentioned, you know, not having to move our charge token, but no, the the real the real head game comes into play when they have options that they can move that quest onto and it's like, well, you know, do I attack this charged out fighter with this quest and resupply it? Um that's that's interesting. Um but uh let's move over to the Belmorne side of things. Uh how did how did your flight with Belmorn go? Uh what lessons came from these games uh well i think this is a lesson in uh taking
0: a deck uh you know some uh, taking a deck that somebody else has built basically you know like i i uh pulled chad's deck in and um i think if i had you know it's if you're playing a deck that you haven't played before uh it's the idea of you can't just net deck uh and then expect to be successful right uh, I think I made s- several positioning errors in this second game. Uh, that I think, if I don't make those, I think I'm in a much better position to come out with the win. Uh, some of them, some of them are uh, misreading my own deck. Some of them is misreading uh, Brian's deck, uh, I, as we've talked about multiple times. Pure Carnage, not realizing that uh, I was working against a uh, three glory higher than I realized um, uh, cap, uh, but. That being said, uh, i I liked Vilmoren with the with the extra ability to get those inspires out early. It felt um, like you had
1: no problem getting those crits, but of yeah. course that's a matter of the dice. But there was a lot of help. It, it, yeah, it isn't.
0: It isn't like there. There was. Uh, there was the way to get extra dice early, uh, and then that feeds into giving upgrades, which give the chance to get other dice. Like there, there's the way to get those out, uh, and then once uh, once those start cascading, like once you're inspired and Vilmoren has a command counter, um, then you're actually pretty accurate. Uh, I think it's always going to be dicey, but, um, I there's, there's maybe a couple tweaks I might make, but I would play this as is several more times before I do any of those, uh, because I'm recognizing that some of it is just like, I haven't played it enough for me to, um, to recognize like, you know, how, how to play it
2: as intended, uh,
0: before I start making adjustments.
2: Absolutely. I, I really like that takeaway because sometimes we can get, um, so, um, you know, just kind of extrapolating off of, um, you know, pulling a deck idea down from someone else in the community. Um, sometimes you can get in a rut, like a play style rut as to like how you, Particularly interact with the game and what cards you lean on to be strong. Um, And when you grab a deck that somebody else has made, um, it forces you to think about what choices led to the deck that that you're piloting. And it it helps uh, build a greater perspective um, and and different build paths for you in the future. Mm. Um, Yeah. I like that. Um, All right. Well, I think. that's that's a wrap on our Loon Court versus Velmoren bat rep, um, and uh, I think I'll pass it over to Davey uh, to walk us out. I I will happily
0: do that. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, we really like doing these. Uh, it's a little more work because we got to schedule the the bat rep itself, um, and then uh, and then do the episode. It's not as easy as just rocking up and and talking. There's kind of it's like a three stage thing. Play the play the game, do the bat rep, uh, and then, uh, also and gotta then the get good games. yeah, right. Uh, that, that's a, that's another thing that we do is, uh, the extra personnel that we have on board now is, is our a chance to make sure that you're getting a bat rep. That is, uh, that is close and competitive because we can kind of use our, our bigger team to play a number of games and make sure you get the ones that are more interesting rather than the, the blowout or whatever. If you want to use the decks that we tried out in this episode, they're going to be in the show notes. Uh, if you are a player that does not have everything, let's say you are all in on Velmore and all, all in on those sweet, sweet Loon Court. Uh, Brian, I'm I'm getting your promise here. Uh, We're going to provide Nemesis versions of the decks we use today. We good for that?
1: I will endeavor to do so. Unfortunately, opportunistic reprisal might be in there still.
0: <laughs> Did you mean fortunately? Uh, yeah. Burst so trap. We'll we'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll have uh, both championship and nemesis versions of this deck if you want to try them out in your own meta. But uh, anything we do, uh, we're very happy to get your feedback on that. If you liked it, if you didn't. Uh, let us know if you liked it. Uh, it'd be a great help to us if you rated this podcast on whatever platform you use. If you didn't like it, uh, give us a chance to correct it first. Get in touch with us. I I, I really like to hear um, what you what you think we could do to be better. Uh, give us a chance to fix that before you give us. But if you if you're happy with it, then hit that five star rating. Uh, and it helps us get the word out to more people. I, I'm still consistently surprised at the number of people who play uh, Underworlds, who haven't heard about some of the resources that are out there. Uh, You can check out more than just our content at themortalrealms.com that is a host to all the podcasts on our network. Uh, Coming up, we are going to lean into that uh, nod to Chatting Crit, the late great podcast uh, from the Steel City Underworlds crew. Uh, we are going to do a debate episode next. Uh, if you want to influence that when, as soon as you hear this, let us know what you think we should debate. Uh, I'm going to give you two options. Uh, one should championship format, keep the current restriction of only including one plot card, universal rivals deck per build. That is to say, if I include any cards from daring Delvers, I cannot include any cards from, uh, tooth and claw or or such uh so we'll debate the two sides of that is that a good thing or a bad thing for the game and should it change okay. uh and then our other option is to talk about how are we going to handle war bands going forward we have 47 war bands at the time of this recording that is a tremendous amount and a the majority of those are no longer available for purchase for new players um is that a problem is that not a problem. Uh, that's what we're going to discuss if you vote for it. Uh, so you're picking between uh, how to handle warbands, rotate or not, or uh, how to handle uh, plot cards uh, in the championship format. If you want to hear one of those debates over the other, let us know. Gentlemen, uh, are you ready for a little bit of our uh, much feared, much reviled text quiz? I'm a win. Does it feature a holy hand grenade? <laughs> uh, can you count to three? A... <laughs> so this uh, this is a card. Uh, the one hint I'll give you is that it is a universal card that was hmm. included in one of the two decks involved today. Hmm. There's a quote attributed to Aelin. You blinked. I know exactly uh, which it, one it opportunistic is. opportunistic reprisals.
2: Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't have uh, monologued there. I should have just jumped straight in with I the answer. Got you monologuing.
0: It's, it's almost you like, uh, monologuing. It's almost like Brian opportunistically reprisaled you. While I've you been were. fixating on oh, that. Yeah. Damn womp womp. Womp <laughs> womp. Uh, thirst trap. You're recommended listening.
1: This one's coming from Brian. Brian laid it on us. Uh, I have recommended the song from Holy uh, Monty Python in the quest for the Holy Grail, the Camelot song. (laughs) This is is for those
0: very noble knights of the Loon Court, yes. All right, I think that's about going to do it for us. Uh, Anybody got any last words before we close it out? Hearing none, I'm going to say, for What the Hecks, I've been Davey. And I've been Skyler. Open brain.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, I think that will edit in, and I think we're good to go. All right, all right, gents, will uh, That that may be a that may be a marathon
2: episode for oh us. Oh my Two gosh,
0: fifty one is where we're at. We had we had a long preamble, but uh, it might be, might be a record ep. We'll see.
2: I noticed at um, well, it was like ten fifty three. Uh, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, is that right? <laughs> All right, starting out strong. Let's uh, let's uh, give me just that one today, just the one, oh,
0: <laughs> just the one, all just right, just the one. All right,
2: you, use it up early, but that's okay. That's <laughs> it. That's all I need today. Um, oh God, hold on. Let me just take some sip of water. My throat's just really parched.